Cahen is sponsored in part by Soulcraft Brewing, Salida's hometown brewery, offering a large selection of traditional and seasonal craft beers. Their spacious patio features cozy fire pit tables for outdoor warmth on chilly days. Fresh food is served daily at the Soul Shack food truck, featuring snacks like wings and pretzels, and full meals like sandwiches, burgers, and a delicious brunch on Sunday. Soulcraft is open daily for happy hour, lunch, and dinner. Cahen is supported in part by Little Red Hen Bakery, located at 302 G Street in downtown Salida. Little Red Hen specializes in hometown fresh-baked bread, bagels, and treats, all made with organic and local ingredients. A full menu, including the wood-fired oven schedule and daily specials, can be found on their Facebook page at Little Red Hen Salida. Cahen and Little Red Hen – just two hometown chickens working to keep Salida, Salida. Welcome, friends, to another edition of On the Rails with me, your host, Forrest Whitman. I'm the conductor of this, of this caboose, and uh, we're sitting back here today enjoying us, believe it or not, a summer day. <clears throat> At the point that you hear this, it may be snowing, but anyway, in the caboose with us today, we have Kathy Shohan, and she's a local realtor and kind of a local woman about town. And uh, we also have in the front end of this train, an engineer. Without the engineer <clears throat> to pull the throttle, the train will not go down the track. And that's Rick White. Rick, good morning. Thank you. Looks like clear sailing today, Forrest. And uh, Kathy was in on one of our other Cahen shows in the last week or so. Great guest. And uh, thank you for coming in for that. And welcome to On the Rails. Clear sailing. Don't don't say sailing. This isn't a ship. You should say uh, you should say uh, clear line ahead or high green ahead. That's the best. It high looks like green. high green ahead. I'll make uh, it. We don't, we're not sailing. This isn't some kind of a ship out here. We're just, just out here rolling along. Well, our regular readers, and we do have some in Colorado Central Magazine, and I have here right here in front of me a note. Yes. One of our regular readers said the, 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 the description of the bunkhouse that you made is it said the clearest I've seen yet of how our railroad history is gradually being forgotten here in BV and in Salida. So Kathy, you're a realtor. It's your fault. No, it's not, it's not your fault. But are 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 you are you sensing an interest in preserving history and some of the people you sell houses to or? or not, I mean, you know, hard to say. So you get a, you get a mixed bag. Um, you've got your folks that would like to live in like Victorian homes uh, that love that sense of history, love the craftsmanship and that um, you've got the other extreme of people that want to live in ultra modern homes, right? So well, we get a mixed bag. I was gonna say, yeah. Now, as I drive around the periphery of old Salida, as I guess we're calling it, I certainly do notice um, 
that all the new stuff, it's pretty much townhouses. It looks like it. And it looks like some of them are pretty nice. I just noticed some, what I thought some kind of a nice, oh, design, some nice additions out. In fact, it was just, just across the street from the uh, Vino Salida, where we were not long ago. Having a, did we have wine? I don't know what we had, but that's what you have there. And um, it looked pretty nice. Then I drove, uh, well, I won't say where, past some other ones. And the honest to God looked to me like a group of shipping containers that had been stuck together in a line. I mean, I'm, I'm no aesthetician, but the aesthetics of that were not right. It, it just it, it didn't it didn't it didn't feel like Colorado. It, it felt like, oh, I don't know, suburban Colorado Springs, maybe or something like that. And uh, what what's your sense of how that is going or? What direction that's all going? So I or think is a, there. Yeah, I think ahead, a lot ahead. of it is uh, is how you were how you were raised, where you were raised, and what you're used to. So, for instance, I was raised in an old Victorian house, so I'm used to oak floors and big wood pocket doors and all that kind of stuff. So that's where my heart is, and like homes that have porches and things like that. But do things change? Of course they do. Um, so. For instance, you can drive around town and you can spot a house that was built in the 70s, right? Because there's certain architectural styles. I think 20 years from now, people are going to be like, oh, yeah, those houses there, they were built in the sometime, you know, in the 2010s or something like that. It's going to be very identifiable, this industrial look. Um, not, not for everybody by any stretch, <laughs> but yeah. it's currently the trend. So that, that is the trend. What do we call that? Uh Salida Industrial, or, or there must be a, a phrase we can use for that. Let's call it boxcar building. Boxcar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Appropriately uh, named boxcar. For a rail show. Yes. And then when we think about, well, how do we keep some of our railroad history uh, alive here? Um, Certainly now the project we were just involved which we'll talk about, the project you were just involved with, saving the old bunkhouse. My gosh, the old um, BV Junction bunkhouse, very important because that's where, crew, well, crews were dispatched from there, gotten out of the bunkhouse, into the snow, into the engines, into the cabooses, on their way to... Uh, well, on their way to Mears Junction, uh, on their way to perhaps uh, uh, Leadville. Well, I mean, you know, and, uh, along the line. And so it all started right there. So it's so appropriate that, that that's been saved. And uh, what what is your sense of how that did get saved? I don't know. You, you may know the history there. You know, I don't know the full history. Um, it'd be something worth me digging a little bit farther into about how did that get, who identified it, who moved it to the current spot and um, how did it being. I'll tell you one of the most fun parts of this though, was when you were walking up to it to see it and you were so excited to see it and, and identify what you were looking at. That was a lot of fun for me. <laughs> oh, that's neat. That's neat. Yeah. Well, and now next to it would have been uh, even somewhat larger structure 
which would have had uh, probably two putt-putt cars as we, at first they were push up and down, later they put engines on them. And that's what they put the tools on and they would get, put the tools on there, put the, sometimes a, even a new, uh, a new set of trucks. You know what trucks are on a rail car? That, that's the, um, well, it's the metal pieces that you put the wheels on. Okay. Called trucks, or sometimes they call trucks the whole thing, wheels and the metal piece. And in the center, it turns on a, a pin, and that's how it gets to, that's how it gets to go around the corner. That is, it you know, moves that way, which is, which is kind of part of the fun. Well, and also when you think about it, when you think about the Denver and Rio Grande during that period of time, my gosh, they were they were trying so hard. Sorry about all these phones going off, you guys. I don't know why. You're possibly for us. Yeah, they should be. Anyway. So, um, let me uh, break in here just for a second. Yeah, sure, sure. So you guys are talking about a bunkhouse that's in Buena Vista that has been moved from someplace else? No, actually, it's in Poncha Springs. Oh, it's in um, Poncha. Yeah, so it used to be placed next to the section house in Poncha Springs. And then I have no idea what happened to the actual section house there. I, I don't know. It could still be there and recited and, you know, unidentifiable at this point. Uh, but this was the bunkhouse that was sitting next to it for years. Um, the reason we identified it is uh, when I started looking into it, I contacted Salida Regional Library and Joy Jackson jumped on it. And within 15 minutes, she sent me a bunch of links to photos of possible matches of what this building could be. And one of those photos matched and showed the section house with the bunkhouse next to it. Um, so that's how we figured out because the, the chimney still is in this building. And we could tell from the window placement in that we're, we're probably 99% sure it's the building that we think it is. So. I see. And just for a little more clarity, a section house is? Well, it's where all the tools you use on that section are. Oh. You've got your, obviously your spikes, you've got uh, trucks, you've got trucks in there. You, mm -hmm. you would have, um, oh, I don't know, shovels, uh, all uh, fuel, fuel oil. For, and uh, certainly back in my day on the railroad, there's, you still were, were, were filling up the switch lamps with um, oil. You put them in there and light them. <laughs> it, was, it was kerosene lanterns were mostly <laughs> on kerosene. <laughs> They're duh, yeah. That's why they were called kerosene lanterns. Now, as you were looking through this, Kathy, did you, what did you, what were you struck by in terms of the, the history of that structure? Well, A, that it actually exists, uh, because my understanding is Poncha Springs had two major, at least two major fires over the years. And that's why there's very few wooden structures. You know, as far as the main core part of that town, the main street had burned down a few times, the business district. So to me, it's pretty exciting that there's this wood structure that's in pretty darn good shape, <laughs> considering it's just sitting pretty out good the field. shape, yes. Yeah, so that's what struck me is that this wood structure survived through all these years, including a couple fires that went through the town. 
Well, I was just saying to, to Rick, to our, our engineer there, how neat it is that you've taken an interest in this far beyond what real estate interests would um, ask you to do. And, um, and by the way, don't let me forget that we've, we've got a couple of calls we've got to answer this morning while you're still here because you can help with those. But okay, now how do you price, you're a realtor, how do you price something like the historic Denver and Rio Grande Western Railway bunkhouse and what, on which somebody would, would be, you know, we used to call that the danger, the dangerous and rapidly growing worse, the Denver and Rio Grande DNRGW, which had always been, you didn't like that. Rick isn't laughing. It's a joke. Every DNRGW car, yeah, what, yes, yeah, dangerous and rapid. All right. Anyway, how do you price something that uh, might be dangerous and rapidly growing worse? I mean, uh, is it, do you look at the actual, look for wood rot? Do you look for uh, how well the, the glass is in the, the, the panes? And what, what do you do? So, this particular structure, we didn't put any value in because of its age. Um, you saw the roof wasn't in fabulous condition <laughs> and it needs work in that. Um, you know, for this particular property, we're trying to sell a house on some acreage. It just happens to have this particular building on it. Um, my bigger concern was that whoever the buyer is that shows interest in this, are they going to want to preserve it or are they going to want to just tear it down? And so I wanted to have a plan B ready. So if they wanted to tear it down, we could have somebody swoop in and be like, hey, we're interested. We'll take that off your hands. We'll sure. preserve it. So. You could put it in my backyard. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's actually, we might. What do you think, Rick? Is there room enough back there? I think you'd want to check with your wife first. Oh, all right. Yeah. So that's true. That is certainly true. And where is that house? I guess I don't remember recall seeing the house it's attached to. Well, that's because you were so excited to see the railroad building. You just disregarded excited. the house. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, the house is off of County Road 120, uh, past the fairgrounds, west of you know, west of the fairgrounds. I don't know how exactly they moved the bunkhouse. My guess is they craned it, maybe they brought it in on a truck. I'm not hundred percent sure. Um, luckily the person that's currently under contract to buy the property has interest in restoring the bunkhouse. And uh -huh. in that sense, it's very cool that we can now provide them with a photo of it. And you were kind enough to um, tell us about the color scheme that the yellow, when we walked up on it, you were saying that's DR and G. Standard yellow. Denver and Rio Grande Western color. They yeah. bought, they bought carloads of it. Everything was painted that same color, even their office suites. Uh, was that, that was their standard yellow? I guess you'd call it yellow. It's would you call it yellow? I'd call it yellow. And um, Palmer loved it. Part of the reason Palmer loved it. Well, now we're getting a little. Well, no, we're not. We're still. It's a railroad show, so we're, railroad details important. Because when Palmer started that railroad, it was really him. It really wasn't anybody else. It was just, he did have um, a couple of investors. He, uh, he did have some, some investors 
even around here, maybe, but there was much out there. There were cows, ranches, but so that's why he, he wanted a, a color like that that sort of didn't show too much, especially if he had a lot of uh, cow excretion. Can we say cow shit on the air, Rick? I don't know. That's what, it, 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 you know, these, the cow, <laughs> I'm getting a, a, a bad, so, all right. The, the, these cows, a big, a big thing Palmer realized he was gonna be doing is moving a lot of cows, is moving a lot of cowboys. He realized that these bunkhouses, like the ones we were just looking at, <clears throat> were also going to be um, used in some of those odd, odd ways. So he wanted some colors that didn't too much show. He didn't want like a bright color. He wanted sort of a more dull color that would more fit in with mud and whatever else you brought in on your boots when when you came in. And so he that's part, partly a practical color. Also, he liked uh, that color a lot anyway. So, you know, it worked out for him. And uh, boy, think of the uh, amount of energy that he put into that thing. Good Lord, I mean, not many people would sit there and say, I'm gonna build a railroad, I'm gonna call it the Denver and Rio Grande Western. That doesn't mean I'm just gonna go west to the Pacific Ocean. No, no, I'm gonna go down the Rio Grande. I'm going to go to Mexico. I mean, the, the vision that those people had. Now, as you know, he, he um, his vision didn't take, it, take him as far south as he wanted because he immediately ran up against the rival with rivalry, really, with Rick White's old favorite railroad, the Atchison, Topeka, and the Santa Fe. And uh, there we go again. They, there we were up again. <laughs> Do you do you defend that move on their part, there, Rick? Or? You know, I don't know enough about it to it, it, to give a good reply to that. Yeah. But I do have a reply to your cow poop. They're in a uh, radio show like this with a lovely guest in the studio with us. Yes, he is. Cow pie. Cow pie. Cow pie colored. <laughs> there we go. There we go. But um, I was talking to an old timer around here not long ago about sheep loading. And I hadn't really realized this, but loading sheep is not, is not easy. You, you, once you get them started, they'll, they'll go. But otherwise, they, they don't want to. They do not want to get into a freight car. And uh, no, and so it's, you actually pretty much have to get out there, grab some of them by the horns or whatever and pull a few of them in then they'll and they'll come along and Kathy what do you now you're, you're nodding your head did you grow up with sheep no no I could just imagine though just grabbing onto their wool and basically forcing them into some animals don't like to go into closed <laughs> places for the most part so no yeah, yeah no they don't in, that's interesting. Is there an association of realtors 
that is looking into these things that's trying to oh do some preservation work um <clears throat> encourage local local people to to do that sort of thing and i mean i would imagine there would be well so we have a local well regional organization called real tours of central colorado uh -huh. and i think we cover it's either nine or 11 counties so we've got a large span of people ge geographically we're the largest one in, in the state of colorado largest organization so that's cool do we have a work group or committee to deal with preservation no and has that ever been suggested i don't think so so that's an interesting thought of um hmm, hmm. i'll have to think on that one a little bit <laughs> ah. well yeah well because obviously you would think that well i i tipped my hand earlier when i said how much i sort of disliked the kind of building that's going on now i mean it's obviously efficient it probably costs a lot less to build a square box here and hook it onto the next one and hook it onto the next one. And so you've got a line of, of you know, square boxes, <laughs> but you can run, I imagine, run your electricity more easily through there. Plumbing, is that, do you think, is that part of the reasoning or? Well, with the townhomes, you can put more residential units on a lot right so you can more dense housing so that's part of your reason that you're losing some of that character because you know with an individual home there's more space for the eaves and and just uh, elbow room i guess i would say where with the current building you know if you're sharing and you have a party wall you're sharing that middle wall with maybe a unit on your right maybe a unit on your left and so yeah, it's more efficient to build it, more cost-friendly to build it. Um, and I don't know, they could more architectural character be added to these? Absolutely. It's just a choice that architects and builders aren't choosing right now. I noticed the building right across from um, the gym that, that I go to. And I, I thought it was interesting in a way that the entrances were kind of staggered and that one entrance would be right out on the road. The next entrance would be kind of back a little bit. So it looked to me like that was kind of an effort to, um, you know, and next time you're at Kim's gym, which is where I'll be tomorrow, good old Kim's gym, uh, you might look and see uh, the way they've done that. It's a little bit different in the sense that instead of just opening right out onto the street, why it in a, opens onto like a little patio thing. And then that opens in, into the interior. Uh, yeah, go ahead. What? I know lately I've been hearing from more clients who are looking for a live work situation where, I mean, take it back a hundred years where people had their businesses on the main floor and then lived upstairs in kind of an apartment setting. And we're starting to hear more people express interest in something like that. Mm. So, um, and I think you see that a little bit out at Two Rivers, um, the yes. option to do that. Uh, but that's an interesting little kind of things coming full circle is back in the 1800s, that was a very common thing, early 1900s. And now we're starting to get people that are wanting to do something similar. 
Well, and they have that area of Poncha that is sort of residential up above and businesses down below. Um, yeah, you could see where our society, where it's going with more online people working from home or working remotely, that that could be very popular. Yeah, that's Monarch Crossing, and that was designed for that. So you could have your business on the main floor and then live upstairs. So uh -huh. Thank you. Where is Monarch Crossing? Um, Just out beyond Rich's house. Ah, oh, okay. Okay. On the left. Well, that's interesting, too, because whoever would have thought, I mean, even 10 years ago, would we have thought that the fastest growing place in the county would be, um, you know, out there at the crossroads of the Rockies, so to speak. I mean, that nobody thought the growth would be there, but I guess it is. Now, when you're showing people places to live, you're saying that a certain small number, but a certain number are saying, we want something where we've got some history going here or could, preserve some history or have a, yeah, that's kind of neat. Hey, Forrest, I, I'm just going to break in here. We, I sure, missed oh, sure. miss my uh, five minute marker to you, but we've got about three or four minutes left. Three or four minutes left. Okay. Wow. Well, we, we've got so many topics and we've got a couple of call-ins here. Um, well, Kathy, so nice having, having you here and we, We'll get started with the next half of this show and answer some more of these questions. But we're, we're, we're getting close to this whole question of preserving the architecture and also, since you're a realtor, preserving the value. And also how thrilled we are, really, that partly through your good works, we were able to at least for now save the old uh, bunkhouse, the old... Uh, the old bunkhouse, which at one point was really was really where Poncha Springs started. You could say that Poncha Springs started right there at that bunkhouse. And um, but anyway, we'll do that. We'll do that later. Okay. Um, but what you're saying is there's while there's some interest in that, there isn't really a committee or a group within the Colorado Realtors Association to necessarily promote historical preservation like that. Right. It, it, it's never been, as far as I know, in the time that I've been doing this, which is about a decade, um, nobody's ever brought that up. So that's an interesting thing to be thinking about, something to mull over a little bit. Y'all do that. You've got a lot of energy. <laughs> I think so. Well, here we are in the old caboose, wrapping up segment one with Kathy, talking about um, how how can you preserve the history and preserve the uh, the value, and then how can you resell it? We haven't gotten into that. I suppose reselling could be a problem, even with even with the bunkhouse. But without her intervention, I'm not sure we would ever have even spotted the bunkhouse because I should say where it is. It's it's located almost in a cottonwood grove. It's located down next to the main right of way. 
of the old uh, Denver and Rio Grande Western. It's located, you might say, down below Vino Salida, but not really, but sort of close. Let's see, what else is it close to? The grocery store? Kind of. Well, not very kind of. Um, but the fairgrounds, it's located down below the fairgrounds. So it, it, I would think people wouldn't, they probably wouldn't get shot at if they wanted to, to walk up there and look down. I mean, you can't answer that question, I know. But, or you can, I don't know, what, what, do, you, what do you think? Yeah, uh, no trespassing. Let, let's not encourage trespassing today. So <laughs> there we go. There we go. Well, anyway, this has been a great segment of On the Rail. Hey, we got to we got to yell highball so the engineer knows we're ready to go. So at the count of three, we'll go for a highball and then we'll take our break. One, two, three. Highball. 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 Cahen is sponsored in part by Soulcraft Brewing, Salida's hometown brewery, offering a large selection of traditional and seasonal craft beers. Their spacious patio features cozy fire pit tables for outdoor warmth on chilly days. Fresh food is served daily at the Soul Shack food truck, featuring snacks like wings and pretzels, and full meals like sandwiches, burgers, and a delicious brunch on Sunday. Soulcraft is open daily for happy hour, lunch, and dinner.